Thank you, Greg. Good morning, everyone. How are you doing today? It is a nice, a rainy day out there, which might be fitting for today's sermon topic. Uh, you guys can be the judge of that. Um, today, we are continuing on the series of the seven churches that Jesus speaks to in Revelations chapter 2 and 3. And we're going to, we, we looked at Ephesus, we looked at, um, I don't even have, where is it? There, Smyrna and Pergamum, and now we're going to move to the church of Thyatira. And this is an interesting church out of the, out of the seven. Um, it falls right in the middle. And these, these churches were real places, real churches in Asia Minor. Um, they had real situations, real issues, real persecutions, real temptations, real sins, and real victories. And, and Thyatira, this was a smaller farmer trade community in Asia Minor. It is probably the most insignificant of the seven churches. Yet it is the longest letter that Jesus writes. In fact, it's very distinct in many ways as we get into it today. So would you pray with me as we begin this morning? Heavenly Father, I ask that you would be present with us this morning, that your Son might sit among us, that your Spirit would lean in us, that you would teach us. That we might turn, to, turn our ears to you, that we might listen that you might move in us and change us and turn us towards you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Even though it is the most insignificant church, it has a very big issue within the church, which we're going to get to in just a second. If you look at the, the seven churches, um, not only is this a real situation that Jesus is addressing, but this is apocalyptic literature, meaning that it, it's prophetic. So Jesus was spe speaking specifically to the church in Thyatira, but he was also speaking to the churches throughout the nations and to us. And the, the study of the seven churches in general is an amazing study, but it's a difficult study because it has to do with God's church, and where we are doing things right and where we are doing things wrong. And it takes some courage to stand in front of the, that mirror and say, does this apply to me? God, are you speaking to me here through this church, through, through what you are trying to tell Thyatira? So let's, let's look at Thyatira a little bit here. And that it was known for its trades, its metalworking, its potters and tanners and weavers and dyers. In fact, it was very famous for its purple dye. And purple dye, purple is the color of royalty, which is kind of key for what's going on here in Thyatira. And, and these trades all had guilds, and these guilds were really causing an issue for the church. And to really understand this, I want us to look at the structure that Jesus gives for each one of these seven letters. He does, follows almost the same structure through all of them. And it always starts with an introduction where Jesus is introducing himself to, to that particular church. And he does this introduction based off of the titles he gives and the image he shows John in chapter 1 of Revelation. Let me just give you this image of Jesus that as Jesus appears to John, and I want you to just, if you need to close your eyes to visualize this, do this. But I want you to see Jesus who has now come in his full power after he came as a lamb to be slain. He is risen and he now is in his, all his glory. And John says, I turned around to see, if, see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. Those represent the seven churches that Jesus writes the letters to. 
And among the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. His hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. I don't know about you, but if I was John seeing that image of Jesus, I'm not sure if I would know what to do, whether I would uh, praise and give glory, or I would fall on the ground and weep and not be able to say anything. So Jesus, in his letters to the churches, to each one, he introduces himself and he uses parts of, those, uh, of that image to kind of frame the message that he's going to give to the churches. So he does the introduction, then he does the commendation. He tells every church, this is what you have done well. And then he gives a judgment called to repentance saying, yet I have this against you. After that, he gives a, a salutation that says, to those who have an ear, hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And then finally, there's a reward. To those who overcome or are victorious, I give you this reward. And that order is followed through the first three churches. But when we get to Thyatira, it's shifted a little bit, where the salutation and the reward are switched. And I think that is done, we don't know for sure, I think that is done to, for Jesus to show that, hey, we are now at, at a turning point. In fact, if you look at the seven letters to the seven churches, the first church and the seventh church are the churches that are doing the worst. The second church and the sixth church are the churches that are doing the best. In fact, there's no judgment called a repentance there, it's just a call to hang on. And then you have the, the third church and the fifth church, and those churches are kind of in between. And then you have Thyatira, which stands in the center of it all, which gets to, I think, one of the biggest main issues that we have as Christians and have as a church. So today, as we look at Thyatira, I want to talk about faithfulness. I want to talk about love. But I also want to talk about judgment and repentance some hard things, things that we don't necessarily want to talk about or look at. But let's dive in. So he begins with this letter by saying, these are the, this is the introduction, these are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. First off, when Jesus uses that term Son of God as his title, that is the only one of the seven letters where he uses that title for himself. Again, framing the discussion of what is, going to ha what is going to come, right? That there must be an issue with God being, being God, right? That Jesus being God, that he is the son of God, that he is divine, he is royalty, like the purple color, right? But then he goes on and he goes two points from that image of, that John saw of him. He says, whose eyes are like blazing fire. His eyes are like blazing fire, meaning that Jesus is the one who can see. He sees all. He sees everything. There is nothing that escapes his vision. There is nothing that the church has done or was doing that God did not see. And then he goes on and says, And whose feet are like burnished bronze, meaning bronze in the fire, bronze that is being purified in the flames. 
This is the image of God, of Jesus being judge, who has been purified, and he is the one who has the right to judge. He is the one who can judge because he sees everything. He knows the truth about everything, and he has come as judge, as feet burnished, purified in the fire. So we see right here the framing of this, this discussion where Jesus is saying, hey, I am God, and I have seen everything that you have done, and I am coming as judge. Again, not a lighthearted, happy tone necessarily, but that is how Jesus begins this letter. In fact, if I can jump to verse 23 here, this is what Jesus says, kind of the point of all of this. He says, then all the churches, all the churches, all the seven there, and I believe all the churches in all of history and us today, will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds with those blazing eyes, right? I am he who searches hearts and minds, and I will repay each of you according to your deeds. I see it all, and I will judge all. That is how he begins this letter. And then he moves on to the commendation, where he says this. He goes, I know your deeds. Again, he can see everything, right? He goes, I know your deeds, your love and faith your service and perseverance. And I know that you are now doing more than you did at first. Thyatira, was, it's not like they were all bad by any means. They were doing great works of love. They were persevering in this and they were growing in this. They started off by doing small things and, and the, as a church they were able to go out and love the community and love each other more and more and more as they grew. And this is, this is good. Jesus is saying, this is good. Thyatira knew how to love. They knew how to love each other and they knew how to love the world. It wasn't like the church in Ephesus where Jesus says, you have lost your first love. No. Thyatira knew how to love. But then Jesus goes on to the judgment, the call to repentance, and he says, nevertheless, this is that but that no one wants to hear, right? Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. And by her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to, to idols. I want you to see what Jesus had issue with. He says, what I have against you is that you tolerate this woman Jezebel. And we'll get into Jezebel in just a second. But it's really improper tolerance that Jesus has an issue with here. That he is judging them on. Improper tolerance. What did they tolerate? The teachings and the seductions of Jezebel. Now, Jezebel most likely was not the name of this woman who was a prophetess. In fact, maybe there was no actual single woman who was this prophetess. Maybe it was just an idea that came in. We don't know. For the, for the sake of, of the sermon today, and it really doesn't matter as far as our application, I'm just going to reference that there was a prophet, prophetess who was leading God's people astray in the church. And the reason why Jezebel was used, the name Jezebel, was because it, it refers back to a, a woman in the Old Testament who was 
uh, wife to King Ahab in Israel. In fact, she was the daughter of the king of Tyre, who married King Ahab of Israel. And Israel at that point in time was a little shaky anyway. But when Jezebel came in, she led Israel to actually go and worship other gods. Two other gods in particular, Baal and Asherah. And, and raised up prophets, of, of over 400 prophets of each, that they would go and worship. Um, and then she sought out to actually kill God's prophets. And if you're familiar with the Old Testament, you'll, you might remember the story of Elijah um, challenging those prophets. Um, and uh, we, which we won't get into. But that is this Jezebel that Jesus is referring to. In fact, Baal was, uh, was worshipped by, by Tyr, where she came from, as the supreme god, as a sun god. Well, Thyatira worshipped Apollos, who is also the sun god. A lot of different parallels here that Jesus is bringing in. And he's saying, this, this prophetess, she is leading my church astray to begin worshipping other gods, just like 